The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Merry Christmas, everybody! My name is John. I'm part of the church staff, and it's my pleasure to give you a short talk this morning on faith. We're calling this Christmas on Trial. Christmas is on trial every year. Every single year, Christmas is on trial because it's always a struggle between realism and faith. Now, maybe you didn't know this. I mean, you don't know this if you live and work in the world today. Christmas is actually about the birth of Jesus. Shocker, huh? Really? I thought it was about the presents and the tree and my grandma's special eggnog mix that she makes every year and always puts too much rum in it and causes problems later. And I thought it was about all the parties and the food and the celebration. Then don't leave out the movies, right? The Christmas movies that start playing. Did you see? Last night, uh, Miracle on 34th Street was on TV, and um, all these great, wonderful Christmas movies. My favorite is It's a Wonderful Life, right? How could you not like that movie? Uh, I still watch the black and white version. I thought about it the other day. I've watched that movie at Christmas time my whole life. I mean, going all the way back to, like, as far as I remember, 10 maybe or younger, we would always gather around and watch that movie at Christmas time. I just love it. And then a final scene, you know, where George is there with his family in his living room and all the friends come in and they make this big pile of cash, you know, and you just, oh, your tears, and it just grabs you. Still, I mean, I've seen that so many times. I still love it. And then there's, you know, new ones that have come after that, you know, um, Christmas Vacation and uh, Home Alone. Remember, that was the big Christmas movie in the 90s. And now Elf is like the big uh, Christmas uh, favorite. I love the movie Elf. And all the wonderful trimmings and all the wonderful things about Christmas. And so I'm not going to stand up here and harass you and beat you about how you've lost Jesus in Christmas and there's no longer any Jesus and and blah humbug and all that stuff. I'm not going to give some beat down on all the wonderful things of Christmas. You know, I love all of that stuff as well. Uh, I look forward to uh, these special uh, chocolates that come from Chicago every year at Christmas. Uh, just that's my favorite Christmas gift, and and you know, I'll I'll get chocolates for Christmas and I'll share those. But when I get the ones from Chicago, I hide those ones. Uh, I'm not sharing that with anybody. Uh, once a year, it's, it's, it's what I look forward to. I don't need gifts, so that's what I get. So, I'm not going to just be against all of that. Christmas isn't about the list of things that we're against. But in case you didn't realize, Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is. And it causes within us this wrestling, if you will, between faith and realism. And realism says, 
It's a definition. The quality of fact of representing a person, thing, or situation accurately or in a way that is true to life. And as long as we're going to say that Jesus was a nice man, a good teacher, a philosopher, a poet, a, a prophet even, a sage, a seer, a great teacher, as long as we keep it all confined to that, then it's fine. Everybody's okay, sure. Follow that good teacher if you want. But the minute we say that Jesus was the Son of God, and that he is in fact God. And not only is he God, he's the one and only God. Well, then that changes the whole story, doesn't it? Changes everything. There are all kinds of crazy things. Now, Jesus wearing a Santa Claus hat. And I understand the pushback. I understand being a realist, having common sense. An appreciation for science. And the fact that you cannot prove that Jesus was who he said he was. You can't just say uh, that here are the facts and they, without a doubt, prove that his claims are true. It still takes faith. Some say he's a myth. Or it's just a really nice Christmas story. It's a children's story. The Bible isn't really true. He doesn't really exist. He's not real. All oh, those are just stories, old stories, fables, written about Jesus, a nice man. But he's definitely not God. Because we believe in portraying things accurately, right? And the facts. Things as they actually are in real life. And so if that's the case, then yes, you cannot prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that his claims are true and that he is God. And so... I think mean, nothing sets up this battle, this struggle of realism and faith better than the movie Miracle on 34th Street. Christmas movie. Not a Christian movie. It's a Christmas movie. And uh, recently voted by Time Magazine as the number one Christmas movie of all time. The one that we're going to show you today was filmed in 1947. And... Uh, the, uh, you can actually, uh, so it's, it's, it's quite old, it's in black and white, and if you look carefully, you can see Jim and Judy Maton there on the sideline on the parade scene, so look for that, but because they were there. But um, it's, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. It's three people who are struggling with their faith at Christmas time. You have Doris, who's a single mom, she has a daughter, and and she doesn't believe at all. She's a realist. She doesn't need faith, doesn't have faith, doesn't want faith. She's a realist. She like, takes life as, by the facts. And then you have her boyfriend. His name is Fred, and he's actually an attorney. And he's a believer. He's 100%. He's all in. He believes. He has faith. And then Susie, her daughter, she doesn't know what to believe. She's torn back and forth between the two. She wants to believe, but... She's not sure. 
And wouldn't it be great if movies today were made the same way they were made back then? I mean, I understand, you know, I know they heard the Christian Bale movie with Moses and all of that. Uh, the the uh, parting of the Red Sea scene is just epic and awesome, you know, and the, the Charleston Heston version was, you know, hideous. But So I understand the need for technology, but as nice as a parent to go to a movie and sit there and not have any fear that any, there's nothing your kids are going to see that's disturbing or bad or, you know, it just seems like we've lost that today. You can go to a movie, PG rating, says it's good for your kids, and then, ugh, it's not. But anyway, we can't relive history. So we're not going to show you the entire movie. Obviously, we cannot, and with the time allowed. So what we've done is we've edited it down to the most important parts that reveal this struggle of faith and realism. So here we go. This is part one, Miracle on 34th Street. Isn't that a great movie? I love the, uh, <clears throat> the scene with the Dutch girl. It's my favorite. Um, she's got to be the cutest little girl on the planet. Those teeth missing and talking to Santa Claus and just lights up. And that's just, uh, that's, that's awesome. <clears throat> the movie is about a struggle between faith and realism. And Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus. And if you are who you say you are, then you're perfectly sane. It's okay. It's right. But if you're not, if you go around saying you're something or someone that you're not, then you're a madman. And so what did Jesus say about himself? What did he believe himself to be? Who did he say he was? In his mind, who did he think he was? Who did he go around telling people that he was? Because that matters a lot, right, doesn't it? Because if he is not what he said he was, he's a madman. Or something worse. Somebody who was crazy and who has deceived millions and millions of John wrote about Jesus, John the disciple of Jesus, who we know was very close to Jesus. He refers to himself in his gospel as the one whom Jesus loved. They had a close relationship. And he talks about Jesus at the beginning of the gospel of John. He said, John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. He's talking about John the Baptist here, describing John the Baptist's statements about Jesus. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. 
Verse 29, the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus. And Jesus said of himself that he was the Son of God. He said he was God and the one true and only God. Of all the gods in the universe that are out there, all of them are a myth except me, the one true God. One morning years ago, we were sitting together at the breakfast table. The kids were a lot littler then, and, and uh, we lived up in Monroe. And this robin flew and hit the window. And the first time it happened, it kind of startled everybody. What was that? What was that? You know, this thud on the window, and it startled us. And, and then we just went back to breakfast, and then we heard it again. And we realized that a robin was flying full bore right into the window, hitting the window. And so when the kids discovered what was going on, the first thing that was hilarious, and they're laughing and making jokes, and, oh, you stupid robin, you're running into the window, oh, this is so funny. But the robin kept doing it again, and again, and again, and then a little bit of blood was on the window. And then you have that panic look on your child's face. If you're a parent, you know that look of, oh no, dad, you've got to do something. If he keeps doing this, he'll die. And so the quick, we get papers and put papers on the windows and and go outside and try and distract this bird to keep him from going up against that window because he's going to kill himself. He keeps hitting that window. And then my son said it. It just popped out. He said, if I could only become a robin, I would fly out there and I would tell that bird, you idiot, that's a window. Stop flying into the window. You're going to kill yourself. And isn't that exactly what Jesus has done for us? God wanting to reveal himself to the world, to show the world who he was and what he was like and get a glimpse of his heart and how he is, become a man and walk among us and dwell along, alongside of, of us for a season of time. Jesus lived. He was an actual person who lived in an actual place a place in time, lived his life, died, and then rose again from the dead on his own accord. And he said of himself that he was God. There's so much evidence that Jesus was a real historical figure and that the New Testament has been verified over and over with historical documents, documents outside of the Bible. But you know what? At the end of the day, it still requires faith. And God intended for it to be that way. I think he could have done other things. He could have made it a different way. He could have put angels on every corner of America. And you just walk up and talk to the angels and, and, and they would tell you about God and he would show you pictures of God and you would see it. No doubt you'd all know. But he didn't do that. He put, he, he wove into it the requirement of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, we call it the chapter of faith. 
we see what faith is. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up into heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It comes down to a step of faith. God doesn't ever ask us to have blind faith. It's okay to look at all the facts and study the data and study the Bible and study archaeology and look at science. Don't have to check your brain at the door. Anyone who believes in Jesus is an idiot or a fool. It's not true. Bring your intellect. Bring your reasoning. Bring your questions. But it still requires faith. And so God gives us hope. Hope and faith go together. Hope encourages us to believe when everything seems impossible. I can't figure the whole thing out. He was a baby, he came, but he was God? What about this and what about that? At some point, hope comes in and says, take a step of faith and understand the impossible for all of you realists out there, like Doris, the realist, Fred talked about the intangibles of life and how they require faith. Because there are things in life that are real, but you can't see them. You can't touch them. You can't smell them. You don't know they're there except by faith. Things like love. You see, if you don't believe that there's a God, then love to you is just simply electrical impulses in your brain. So why don't you try that with your girlfriend? Oh, honey, your electrical impulses are so much better than the one I had last week. See how she likes that. There are certain things in life that we can't see, we can't wrap our hands around, but we know they're real. And we embrace them. And it makes all the difference in life. I found this to be true in my own life, that every time, every time, I reach out to God, He responds back to me in some way. Sometimes it's in a tangible way, and sometimes not. But every time, you know, if you reach out to God this Christmas, 
You reach out to him in some way and say, God, I need to know you're there. I need to see your love. I want to feel your love. I want to know you're real. He always responds to those kinds of requests because he promised he would. He said, if you knock on the door, I will open the door. If you seek after me, you will find me. Those are the words of Jesus. So, you take all your reasoning and all of your science and all of that and lay it out, and you still need to take a step of faith. Because without that, you can never believe that Christmas was about Jesus and is about Jesus, the Son of God. Faith will always escape you. It's a simple step of faith. But I know this is true, that if you take a small step of faith this year, today, this Christmas, I believe you will look back on this Christmas of 2014 for the rest of your life as the one Christmas where you began to believe. And Jesus became real in your heart. I still can't prove it, and there's no bit of proof that I can offer that says that Jesus said he was God and wasn't a madman. He was perfectly as sane as you and me, or well, maybe mostly you and me. Perfectly sane person. And he was because he was, in fact, and is. Could we pray this morning, and I want to give you an opportunity to pray in your own way, in your own words, in your own heart. A prayer reaching out to God to see His love and to have faith. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today and asking specifically, Lord, for you to reveal your love to us. We need it. We're so desperate for it. For the realists who are here today and struggling with faith and saying, I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe, Lord, I pray you would help them take a small step of faith and reach out to you this morning. That you would reveal your love and I pray, Lord, they would have an encounter with you, a living God. It would change them forever. Jesus' name.